Thanks for pressing play on the Michael Welch podcast. Your brackets are probably already filled out, unless you're waiting to the very last minute. Of course, the tournament, the first four has already started. I'll be running through my picks, the top five watches, maybe six watches on both Thursday and Friday. So if you don't have an opportunity to sit down on the couch and watch all day, like I do, I can give you the top games to keep an eye on and a fun drinking game. Coming up on the Michael Welch Podcast. All my blessings, 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 all my blessings. I need my blessings every penny, daily counting every single one I'm seeing plenty. Feel free to join the Brackets, the Michael Welch podcast on ESPN. It is open, it is ready, it is awaiting your arrival and your picks and your time and your competition. Starting with the West region and the number one overall seed, the Gonzaga Bully Dogs, taking on the Georgia State, the winners of the Sunbelt Conference, which was kind of a hodgepodge and a mess this season. But, of course, picking the Gonzaga Bulldogs to advance to the round of 32 on Saturday out of the West region. The 8-9 matchup there, Boise State, winners of the regular season and the conference tournament for the Mountain West. Memphis Tigers lost in the semifinal round of the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. They start playing better later uh, in the season after Imani Bates gave up his point guard duties. Unfortunately, he's been injured. We don't expect to see him for the rest of the season, but the 17-year-old early enrollee was unfortunately not a benefit to the team this season. But you know who was a benefit? It was 57-year-old DeAndre Williams. Make that 25-year-old DeAndre Williams, the super-duper senior for the Tigers, as well as super-freshman Jalen Williams. Those two will have a shot at the NBA next season. Jalen Duran, averaging just over 12 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, and 62% shooting from the field. And DeAndre Williams at just a touch under 11 points, about 6 rebounds per game, 55% shooting from the field, 34% from 3. So Jalen Duran, the freshman, and the 25-year-old DeAndre Williams, the super senior for the Memphis Tigers, leading the way. I expect them to pull a victory out over Broncos here of the Mountain West. The Tigers have some atrocious metrics, but they've cleaned a little bit of that up uh, towards the end of the year here, as they did win 12 of their 14 final games, including twice over Houston and a win over SMU, which just missed the tournament. It actually gives them a stronger schedule than uh, the Houston Cougars, which are seated higher. Uh, so I like the Memphis Tigers with better length, better playmakers uh, to beat the Broncos. Next up are the fifth-seeded Yukon Huskies and the twelfth-seeded New Mexico Aggies. The Aggies actually 26-6, and six, uh, first out of the WAC, WAC conference. They're going to be a cutesy pick for some to grab the upset here. Teddy Allen is a monster at 19 points a game, just under seven rebounds. Shoots 44% from the field and 32% from three, which is not phenomenal, but he is the primary playmaker there. So those are not odd percentages to see. UConn Huskies have a couple guys. RJ Cole, oh boy, Adamana Samago, 
Tyrese Martin, several playmakers there, and I expect them to avoid the 5-12 upset here. Uh, the UConn Huskies are actually one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. They have a solid turnover margin. This is actually a very solid uh, basketball team here in the five hole. They'll play the winner of four seed Arkansas at 25 and eight and Vermont at 28 and five. They have a solid roster there. Vermont only one conference loss. They do put up comparable point numbers to um, Arkansas and this is a solid group as well, despite not playing high quality competition throughout the season. The Arkansas Razorbacks towards the back end of the year. Had a couple losses, Texas A&M in the tournament, uh, Tennessee at the uh, end of the regular season, but they did, for a patch there, win 14 of 16 games towards the end uh, of the regular season with wins against Texas A&M, a couple against LSU, a big one against Tennessee, and a big one against Kentucky as well. This team has solid metrics and is led by J.D. Note, future NBAer, averaging over 18 points, four boards, close to four assists a game. He is a gamer, as they say. But Vermont actually has several guys themselves. Ryan Davis averages over 17 points and five boards per game while shooting 56% from the field and 42% from three. Ben Ben Shugu, I can't even pronounce that name, 14 points, four boards per game. He shoots 41% from three, 52% from the field. As a team, this group shoots 49% from the field, 36% from three. They're a very effective shooting squad. I think they have an opportunity here to beat a much weaker uh, shooting team in Arkansas. So I'm actually going to go with Vermont on the upset here uh, to meet Connecticut in the next round. I think Rutgers will beat Notre Dame in the play-in game and be the 11th seed to face Alabama in the bottom half of the West bracket. Alabama's been all over the board this season. They have several top wins. They've beaten Baylor, Gonzaga, Houston, um, San Diego, South Dakota State, South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. So they have several great wins. They play at a high tempo, but this team has just been incredibly inconsistent this season. Speaking of inconsistency, Rutgers, I think, has a, a weird high ceiling. If you take them out of the equation, they beat the other top seven teams in the Big Ten this season. If you take uh, Nebraska out, who's finished dead last in the Big Ten, they've lost to the bottom four teams in the Big Ten. But I think they will beat Notre Dame to play Alabama in the West region. And I'm going to give them the edge here in being. And they generally have a little bit better defensive metrics than Alabama as far as turnover percentage, offensive rebound percentage. Alabama's got some terrible, really terrible metrics all the way around. So the Rutgers is at worst in net neutral in a lot of areas and they have a much higher ceiling weird things happen in the tournament I think uh, as a double digit C they can win a couple games in that playing group which always happens I'm going to pick Rutgers to beat Alabama and go to the round of 32. Texas Tech is the number three seed and Montana State is the number 14 they will be matching up against the winner of that previous game I think the Texas Tech Red Raiders they've had Quite an interesting year. 
They beat Baylor a couple times. They have notched a win, two wins over Texas, and they did lose to Kansas in the Big 12 championship game final. They're a very good defensive team since Chris Beard walked out and went across town to the University of Texas. They've been a solid solid squad and could make a run here. I'm going to pick them to go ahead and advance. Number seven, Michigan State. Number 10, Davidson in the bottom bracket here. The winner will face number two, Duke, and number 15, CSU Fullerton. I think it's pretty easy to pick Duke and Coach Krzyzewski to advance to the second round here. Of course, Foster Lawyer, who transferred out of Michigan State, going to Davidson, who has run through the A-10 this season. A very good shooting team. Foster Lawyer actually their leading scorer. Davidson will be a popular pick here to knock Michigan State off. They've struggled to find their offense. And actually, two coaches here, Tom Izzo, Mike Krzyzewski, two very good recruiting coaches that it's not an unpopular opinion, I don't think, that have really struggled to develop these kind of one-and-done and NBA prospects and kind of building a team to emphasize the skill set of players that are quickly moving on to the NBA. Max Christie from Michigan State being the latest kid that's taken some time to develop. Of course, Jaron Jackson Jr. took some time at Michigan State and was not the focal point of their team. Perhaps it would have had more success if the team was built more around his skill set rather than him fitting the mold of the team. Duke, again, had some weird issues this season, despite having a number of kids that will go on to the NBA. But Duke come uh, emerging on here, and I think Michigan State will find enough offense uh, to get past Davison here. Davison, a very good three-point shooting team at 38.5%, uh, six in the country. Also shooting 54% from two-point, solid free-throw uh, team as well. They're good in a lot of offensive metrics, so they could blast Sparty out if they don't get it together. But I think Michigan State um, will be able to have a physical team, out-rebound, one at the free-throw line. They don't have a lot of convincing uh, metrics. They do shoot well from three as well, though, just under 38%. I think they will do enough to bounce Davison, but it's certainly not a lock. Going back up to the top of the bracket, we will have number one, Gonzaga, and number nine, Memphis. Gonzaga's at the top of all major metrics in offense and defense. I don't think they'll meet their end here. I don't think Memphis quite has the weapons, but they may hang for a little bit. So we'll move Gonzaga on to the Sweet 16. Number five, UConn. Number 13, Vermont. This could be interesting. I think Vermont, should they pass Arkansas, would have the ability to pass UConn as well. Again, the biggest discrepancy on knowing if Vermont can actually hang or not is that they simply haven't played the quality competition. I still think the Catamounts could hang here, uh, but I am going to go with UConn. We do have great guard play, I think, on either side. UConn's it might be a little bit better, so I'm going to go with the Huskies to advance as the 5 seed to play Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. Bottom half of the bracket, 11 seeded Rutgers Scarlet Knights playing the 3 seed Texas Tech Red Raiders. I'm going to advance the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I like what they can do and operate with, and I think this is the end of the line for a Rutgers squad, which again, 
has a swinging pendulum of outcomes, a high ceiling and a low floor. This is probably the end of their run, although in different situation, I may not pick Texas Tech to quite advance as far. It could be an upset special. Um, again, big wins this year, uh, but also the possibility for the floor to fall out at times. Certainly not a team that's had bad losses, but I'm not sure they're an Elite Eight team. And I'm not sure Duke is either. I do expect them to beat Michigan State. And again, Duke has had some baffling losses this season. They've had every opportunity to make this an excellent season for Mike Krzyzewski, and they absolutely fell apart and blew the North Carolina game at the end of his regular season, his last home game. They fell apart in the ACC championship, playing Virginia Tech, who absolutely tore them apart, and playing and losing to Michigan State in the round of 32 to Tom Izzo would absolutely be devastating. But I think they have they have more tools in their utility belt than Michigan State does. So I'm going to pick Duke to advance, but picking between two-seed and three-seed Texas Tech for an Elite Eight just makes me feel gross. I will pick Gonzaga and all its horses to run over UConn. Huskies could challenge. They could shoot. Again, good guard play. Uh, but Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. 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 You'll hear it on TV. The freshman for Gonzaga, if you haven't had an opportunity to watch the Zags outside of some of their highlight games, non-conference games at the beginning of the season, is just an absolute monster. Timmy, of course, is still there. Good guard play. This is just an excellent group. And I don't think UConn will be the end of that run. So we'll advance number one seed, Gonzaga to the Elite Eight. And I am going to advance Stack Red Raiders and one of the top defenses in the country over Duke's quartet of super freshmen, Apollo Bonchero, Wendell Moore Jr., Trevor Niels, and A.J. Griffin, uh, and sophomore Mark Williams, who make up uh, the five-some starters, all averaging double-digit uh, points. Uh, the Duke does shoot. 36.8% from three and almost 49% from the field. So it's a very good team, but I'm going to trust a very good defensive squad in Texas Tech against the super freshman group to head to the Elite Eight against Gonzaga. And I will not be selecting the Red Raiders. To continue their run, I will be selecting Gonzaga, as most of you probably are, to head to the final Four, although that could be an interesting game as they throw some different looks at Gonzaga. Texas Tech will be one of the few teams that can, I think, disrupt what the Zags are doing, and that will be a low-scoring game. Probably not the most eventful uh, Elite Eight um, matchup should that come to fruition. But I have Gonzaga winning the West group and heading to the Final Four as the number one seed. In the East bracket, number one seeded Baylor will defeat Norfolk State. They will get either eight seeded North Carolina or ninth seeded Marquette. Marquette has fallen off a cliff recently after a hot run in the middle of the season. And North Carolina has two quality wins this entire season. It's really pathetic. I am going to go with North Carolina simply because they shoot a little bit better. 
and they have four players averaging 13 plus points per game, including Armano Bacot, who scores 16.5 points per game, and is just a monster when he wants to be uh, 12 and a half rebounds as well, shooting almost 60% from the field. He's not a complete liability at the the free throw line as well, uh, shooting almost 70%. Uh, Marquette does have Justin Lewis, who dumps in 17 points per game and almost eight rebounds, 45% from the field, 35 from three. So he's a monster as well. North Carolina does play a short bench. Got to keep an eye out for that. But I think the Tar Heels will win here, even if I don't have them beating Baylor. So I'll have North Carolina over Marquette. Moving on down, the 5-12 matchup is going to be St. Mary's and Indiana. The Hoosiers making a nice run, so they're, of course, a great, great pick for an upset here. St. Mary's making a run through the WCC. They've pretty much been a candidate for an at-large the entire season, and when they lost to Gonzaga in the championship game, making it that far pretty much assured them a bid as well. This should be an interesting game. I think the Gales have been a popular pick to continue to move throughout the tournament, possibly make the Sweet 16. They are not going to be my selection. I am going to pick the Indiana Hoosiers, who have a decent... Shooting numbers and a real people mover in the paint in Trice Jackson Davis. I believe that he can do some work in there, shooting almost 60% from the field, 18 points, 8 rebounds. And if you take away just the massive loss streak in the middle of the season um, that almost knocked them out of the tournament altogether, I think that they can do some damage to the Gales and will be a 12 seed that will advance to play the winner a four-seed UCLA and 13-seed Akron. Akron pulling a couple upsets in the MAC conference. UCLA is not underseeded with the terrible Pac-12 and the schedule they had there. It was clearly Arizona number one in that conference, UCLA number two, UCLA uh, USC number three, and no one else making it in, so they're clearly second in that class. Good thing they're on the opposite side of the bracket of both of those teams. I think UCLA will roll against a MAC team here, although Akron could be a little feisty. Bottom half of the bracket, 6C Texas, who's been disappointing the entire season. Chris Beard basically brought in all transfers and one freshman during his first season. And Virginia Tech, of course, grabbing probably three of its four best wins of the season in the last weekend in its run through the ACC Championship. I think they have a good coaching staff. I think Virginia Tech is just playing better right now. And really throughout the year, they just haven't had an opportunity to grab good wins in the conference. I believe they only played Duke once. I think they only played North Carolina once as well. I have 11 seed Virginia Tech over 6 seed Texas, although I think that will be a competitive game. They will play the winner of 3 seed Purdue and 14 seed Yale. Yale beat Princeton. Uh, was the number one seed in the Ivy League tournament. Yale's the number two seed. I think Purdue with Ivy, the guard, starting point guard, who will be heading to the NBA. Great explosiveness. If he sees an opening heading across court to accelerate to the basket, he will do so. 
two great big men for Purdue in the paint. They switch off center, so they always have a great rim protector or a great offensive weapon in the post. I think Purdue will beat Yale. Bottom half of the bracket, a terrible matchup. Seventh-seeded Murray State, who didn't lose a conference game all season. Tenth-seeded San Francisco, who strongly grabbed an at-large bid over the generally weak WCC conference, one of three teams, along with St. Mary's and Gonzaga. We don't get to see either one play a Power 5 school. They have to play each other, so we don't really get to judge how the strength level of either of those teams. If you're not a fan of either club, you'd be rooting for both clubs to win. I'm going to pick the Murray State Racers. They've just been a, a great offensive club, but it still could go still could go either way, but I'm going to pick the Murray State Racers. And they have a group of, uh, of great guards as well. And they will get two-seed Kentucky after they knock off 15th-seeded uh, St. Peter's. Back to the top of the bracket, number one seed Baylor. We're playing eight seed North Kentucky. Now, Baylor lost four starters from last year's team and has key injuries to two other players. This season, they're still number one seed, still shared the tournament, uh, still shared the regular season title with Kansas for the Big 12. So this has still been an elite squad on both sides of the ball, but they will be without LJ Cryer and Jonathan Chuma, North Carolina, playing with a just a short rotation. They're having a hard time getting the best out of their players. I still think Baylor's just a better just a better group. So technically, both teams are playing with a shortened uh, rotation. I think Baylor does advanced here. They're just a better better group. Next up, we have Charles Woodson and the 12 seed Indiana Hoosiers and Mike Cronin in the 4 seed UCLA Bruins. I do think the Bruins have too much talent and experience at this point uh, to be slowed down by the Indiana Hoosiers. Although Mike Woodson, you'd think, with some of his playoff experience in the NBA, focusing on one game at a time, that this might be a better sample size for him to use his coaching skill set rather than the grind of the college season two games per season, which is even different than the NBA's three or four games per season. And professional athletes, this kind of one-game sample size might fit his his skill set a little better, but UCLA is just a better squad. I'm going to advance them to the Elite Eight. Bottom of the bracket, 11-seeded Virginia Tech, 3-seed Purdue. Purdue's had a horrific defense this past season. Virginia Tech has the staff that would be able to exploit that. I'm not sure if they have all the weapons to keep up. I'm going to advance three-seed Purdue to the Elite Eight. Seven-seeded Murray State, two-seed Kentucky. Kentucky has been one of the four or five teams on my list that I've cut down as options to win the NCAA tournament, although I'm not sure. I haven't been sure if I'm going to keep them there. They've got star power. I'm not sure Cal Perry has got all the pieces to fit. Murray State, against high-quality competition here, could do some interesting things, but I do have Kentucky advancing to the Elite Eight. So I have the top four seeds advancing in the East Bracket, which we know will not happen. I think four-seeded UCLA will beat Baylor in the Sweet 16. I think 
like I already said, we're in the Elite Eight. But in the Sweet 16, I will have four-seeded UCLA besting Baylor and that lineup, which has suffered so many injuries. Quite frankly, if Baylor were to advance to the Elite Eight, that should be a tremendous accomplishment. But I will have the UCLA Bruins, Johnny Juzang, that whole group advancing to the Elite Eight. And on the bottom of the bracket, I will have the Kentucky Wildcats, that talent, Ty Ty Washington, uh, Oshibe, in that group, finally exploiting Purdue's terrible defense and being able to grab the win there. So we'll have two-seed Kentucky, four-seed UCLA, and many times, many, many times, I had Kentucky, and in several brackets I've submitted already, I did have the Kentucky Wildcats advancing, but I think UCLA has the talent, all positions, offense and defense, to run with this group. I think UCLA now has the experience and the coaching to advance. So I'll pick four seed UCLA to rematch number one seed Gonzaga in the final four. Heading up to the South region, number one seed Arizona will beat Bryant, the 16th seed who will advance to the friendly play-in first four. Eight seed Seton Hall and nine seed TCU. TCU did make it into the tournament with a losing record in conference play, one of only a handful of teams, but they did notch several big wins. Seton Hall finished the season pretty strong, winning their last five games and winning a game in the Big East tournament. Uh, TCU has a lot of losses. Has a lot of big losses towards the end of the year. Uh, really built up that beginning non-conference schedule and has some really bad offensive metrics. Uh, compared to the national average, Seton Hall's not a whole lot better. This is really a toss-up game, but I will go with the Seton Hall Pirates to advance to the next round of 32. Next up, we have the fifth-seeded Houston Cougars, who have lost their top two players for the season and have been without them for most of the season. I think they finally picked up a quad one win. Twelfth-seeded UAB will be the opponent, the Blazers who've been making headlines um, as a 27-7 squad out of Conference USA. Thankfully, they won the auto bid and made it in. It would have been a disappointment had they headed to the NIT uh, Conference Championship thingy. So thankfully, they are here battling Houston, and they are going to be a favorite to pull an upset here. I'm not going to have them pull an upset here. I'm going to have Houston and a strong uh, defensive group win over the Blazers and avoid an upset, although at one point I did have 12-seeded UAB and 13-seeded Chattanooga meeting in the next round, and that is the next matchup, 4-seeded Illinois and 13-seed Chattanooga. It's unfortunate that Chattanooga, who has a number of skilled players, will be playing Illinois. Coffee Cockburn, I believe, is the only player in the country averaging 20-plus points and 10-plus rebounds and is just a dominant force in the paint. It'd be great to see uh, UAB or Chattanooga pull an upset here, move on to the next round, but I can't pick either. So I will pick fifth-seeded Houston and fourth-seeded Illinois to advance to the round of 32 to play each other. Bottom section of the bracket, sixth-seeded Colorado State out of the Mountain West and 11th-seed Michigan, who comfortably made it in, wasn't even in the last four group to make it in to the NCAA tournament. They lost in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, but here they are, the Michigan Wolverines. Hunter Dickinson gives them a threat in the paint. Colorado State has been great. 
in the Mountain West Conference. They beat Boise State twice. Boise State won both the regular season Mountain West title and the conference championship. But I think Michigan will advance to beat the Rams. I think the size will be too much. And they seem to be getting it together here. I have the Michigan Wolverines upsetting as a Power 5 school upsetting a mid-major upsetting the Colorado Rams. Tennessee is a monster. They're a three seed. They will beat 14 seeded Longwood and they will be matching up the against the 11 seeded Wolverines. Tennessee's string of wins recently. Texas A&M and Mississippi State who are both bubble teams but also Auburn, Kentucky twice, Arkansas, Texas A&M twice, uh, Florida was a bubble team, LSU, uh, they do have a couple loss, road losses to Arkansas and Texas, but in the past couple months, they have won 15 of their past 17 games, and this is just a dominant squad. So I'll have Tennessee advancing to the round of 32. Bottom half of the bracket, Loyola Chicago is a dominant defensive team. They'll be favored over Ohio State, which does its best to get star player E.J. Liddell open, who averages just under 20 points and 8 rebounds per game, shooting almost 50% from the field. So he is a monster uh, in the head poncho there at Ohio State. Uh, they haven't been healthy recently, which is part of the reason that they've lost four of their past five, including losses to Nebraska, Maryland, and Penn State. Um, so a healthy squad will give them an opportunity, a better chance to beat Loyola than most Folks, think Lucas Williamston, first team all MVC and defensive player of the conference will still be too much. And the youngest coach in the tournament, Coach Valentine, in his first year taking over the program, will get a win in the opening round. They will be matched up against two-seeded Villanova after they take care of Delaware and Jamar Nelson Jr., who is the top player for that squad. So heading back up to the top of the bracket, I'm going to have number one seed Arizona defeating the Horny Frogs of TCU, the ninth seed. A long athletic group. They have a number of players who will be in the NBA. They play high tempo. They're just going to run all over the Horned Frogs. I don't think we have an eight, or a not eight, nine, one upset lurking there as we often try to project. Then we have fifth-seeded Houston and four-seeded Illinois. And I think this is where the wheels come off for the Houston Cougars, unfortunately, as they come up against a much more physical, much better team, quite frankly, much healthier team. So I have the Illinois advancing to play number one-seeded Arizona in the South region. I love Tennessee. I will have them beating Michigan State, uh, excuse me, Michigan. 11-seeded Michigan in the bottom half of the bracket. Loyola, Chicago. Again, a great defensive team. I think Villanova would have the ability to make a great run here. Gillespie has been a monster player. He recovered from a terrible injury, and he's run through the Big East. So he, I think, is more than enough to beat Loyola Chicago. And I will have a very skilled, very fast, up-tempo, one of the quickest push-the-ball-get-out-in-transition teams in Arizona that might just play Coffee Cockburn off the floor if they get things really moving. And Arizona, number one seed in the Elite Eight. And I will have 
I think Tennessee advancing as well. The three seed, very physical, like what they've been doing. Although that should be a great game between Tennessee and Villanova if we get that. And I will actually have Arizona losing to Tennessee. I'm simply picking a great defensive team, a little bit more experienced team, and a group that's been together a while longer. So I'm picking Tennessee, a good three-point shooting team as well, to go to the Final Four over Arizona, despite all the metrics, despite the great talent of Arizona. And first-year coach Tommy Lloyd, who spent a long time with Gonzaga and Mark Few. Little wrinkle there, a little upset. So I have number one seed Gonzaga and number four seed UCLA in the final four. And then I have number three seed Tennessee. Now moving to the Midwest bracket, I will have Kansas defeating Texas Southern as the 16 seed. The 8-9 is going to be San Diego State, very strong defensive team, and Creighton, who really blew some people out in the Big West Championship. It's a very, very young team that will be talked about over and over again and how strong they should be next season. I really liked uh, Creighton when I first looked at this game, but I think I am going to go with an experienced, experienced defensive team in the Aztec-San Diego State uh, folks there. Iowa is the 5. Richmond is the 12 who grabbed the auto bid. They are the next matchup. And there's going to be a whole lot of talk about one of the top players in the tournament, and that is going to be Iowa superstar sophomore Keegan Murray, who's averaging 23.6 points per game, 8.6 rebounds, over an assist, a steal, two blocks per game, shooting over 55% from the field and 40% from three. He's been a devastating monster. It took Iowa a while to really rack up some quality wins. They didn't have uh, very many for a while. They still don't. One of the at-large teams with the fewest quad one wins, uh, but this group has a number of above-average uh, offense effective metrics and is very well uh, on the defensive side as well. So it's a very good Hawkeye team with an elite player. Richmond has a number of super seniors and could be sneaky good, a sneaky team, but this is not the type of group that you want to be playing and trying to upset. So fifth-seeded Iowa, I'll be picking to advance. Providence, statistically, has been one of the luckiest teams per Ken Palm in the entire country, if not the luckiest. Uh, them and Wisconsin are both in this bracket. Wisconsin's the three-seed. But four-seeded Wisconsin will be playing one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. They're ahead by three or four percentage points. That's the San Diego State uh, Jackrabbits. I'll be picking them to move past Providence. Providence lost twice to Villanova, who was actually the best team in the Big East Conference. Providence might very well win this game in advanced and hush all talk of the Jackrabbits, which would be disappointing. Uh, Iowa might silence them as well. Otherwise, they could make a run. But three interesting teams in this pod, Iowa, Providence, San Diego State, Richmond, and another uh, storybook might, might make a move here. This is a great batch, though, but I'm going to pick San Diego State, the 13th seed to upset, 4 seed Providence. The bottom half of this group in the Midwest is just all junk. 6 seeded LSU, 11th seeded Iowa State. Iowa State had a dominant non-conference schedule and just bombed out of the conference play in the Big 12. 
losing record. Doesn't look very good. Struggles on offense. LSU also struggles on offense. Good defensive team. Just fired Wade Phillips. Make that Will Wade. And uh, so they have an intern head coach right now. I believe LSU is the popular pick, so I'm going to go with Iowa State simply to go against the trend. So Wisconsin is the three seed. They'll be playing the winner, and the 14 seed that they're matched up against is Colgate. Ironically enough, Wisconsin and Providence are both in the same bracket, right? Both teams that are extremely lucky, according to Kempom, and they're both playing the number one and number two ranked teams in terms of three-point percentage in the country. Wisconsin's got Colgate here, and Wisconsin will be playing without Johnny Davis, possibly. Uh, he's been banged up with ankle injuries. That explains their poor performance against Penn State and Michigan State to end the season. Picking Wisconsin too advanced here, although that's dicey. Thankfully, Iowa State in the next round. We'll see if they advance there. Uh, Seven-seeded USC and 10-seeded Miami. Again, the pecking order in the Pac-12 was very clear this year. It went Arizona, UCLA, USC, who I think has two wins over teams in the bracket, and no one else from the conference made it. There's not a very good team. Miami came from the ACC, which was also a dumpster fire. I don't like either of these teams, but I'm going to go Miami. I just think they're a little bit better squad here, a little bit more talent. Uh, at the bottom, if one two seed is going to have real problems in a first-round matchup, it's going to be Auburn, which struggles with guard play tremendously and has problems scoring at times and goes on real lulls. And if you flip to 15 seed Jacksonville State here and two seed Auburn and see Jacksonville State playing it close, and again, I think this is uh, an early tip game, like a 12:40 game on Saturday or Sunday. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but I don't think it's completely wild that Jacksonville State could pull a crazy upset. I'm not going to pick them here, but that would be one that could be interesting. Just saying. But I'm going to pick Auburn with no real excellent metrics as a two seed to advance. They do some things really well, and they do some things really poorly. So explain some, some wild swings uh, in their record. So back to the top of the bracket, number one seeded Kansas, and number eight seed San Diego State. Kansas has a fine group of guys, a couple NBA players as well. I think they will advance. San Diego State could beat them, but I don't think this is quite the makeup of the squad to beat this Jayhawks group. Fifth seeded Iowa, 13 seed San Diego State. Again, I really like this Iowa squad, and I'm going to pick them to advance beyond the shooting of San Diego State. Three seed Wisconsin, 11 seed Iowa State. This is gross. If Johnny Davis plays and is healthy, which hopefully he is, they will advance. Two seed Auburn, 10 seed Miami. I'm going to pick the Miami Hurricanes to advance. Again, a lot of folks will simply pencil Auburn in. Penn Auburn in, especially with Johnny Davis out, all the way to the Elite Eight. I'm going to pick Miami here, led by four guards uh, that score in the double figures. So I'm going to pick that squad. I'm going to pick Miami Hurricanes to upset uh, kind of an uneven Auburn squad. So I'm number one seed Kansas, and number five seed Iowa, and number three seed Wisconsin, number 10 seed Miami. And I'm going to pick Iowa Hawkeyes. I just like them. I like them. 
their metrics aren't aren't bad. They're comparable, and I like the roster, and I like where they stand right now. I'm going to fifth seed the Iowa Hawkeyes. At the bottom, I'm going. Gosh, I guess I'm going. I guess I'm going Wisconsin, and we'll go Wisconsin Iowa, Big Ten matchup, and I'm going to pick Wisconsin to the Final Four. But I don't like this bracket. My favorite part is actually going to be the opening round, Iowa-Richmond and Providence-San Diego State matchups. I hope uh, Johnny Davis is healthy, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, so fifth-seeded Iowa will be in my final four. So again, my final four, number one seed Gonzaga out of the west will be playing four-seeded UCLA out of the east in a rematch, and three-seed Tennessee out of the south will be playing five-seed Iowa out of the midwest. I will pick Gonzaga over UCLA and just just elite group of, of playmakers. The Zags did actually beat UCLA earlier in the season, 83 to 63, and I think we would see a similar result again. So I do have Gonzaga to no one's surprise in the national championship game, and I would actually go fifth seeded Iowa over third seeded Tennessee to make it to the national championship game. Iowa doesn't have any glaringly terrible metrics, although I wouldn't have selected them more than a couple weeks ago for this run. They're not great in allowing opponents uh, offensive rebound percentage, which would actually hurt them uh, against Tennessee, giving up a lot of um, offensive rebounds. But I think the, the Hawkeyes can certainly do it. And I like them out of the weak bracket to make the Final Four. Kansas is certainly a challenge as the one seed. Johnny Davis, if healthy for Wisconsin, is dangerous. Auburn, I think, doesn't have the teeth and, and claws that everyone thinks they do. Providence, we'll see. So I'm going to have uh, Gonzaga win the national championship. Popular pick over fifth-seeded Iowa in the national championship game. Please feel free, if you haven't already, to join my bracket. I will drop the link in the description. If you have time to fit that in your very busy schedule just before tip-off, and uh, feel free to make fun of me, which Richmond knocks off Iowa in the opener. Let's talk top watches now for the tournament. Thursday and Friday as you're tuning in, if you don't have time to sit around all day and watch. I think the top watch for Thursday will be that 12-40 game, 13th seed, South Dakota State, 4th seed, Providence. The Friars, of course, running through the Big East Conference other than Villanova. They are favored by two points right now over the Jackrabbits, who've racked up 30 wins this season shooting the best, the most efficient team from the field and from three-point range. They don't just shoot. They're very efficient. They move the ball around. This will be a great early taste, a great early watch to get us amped up. And the winner will play five-seed Iowa and 12-seed Richmond on Saturday. So this will be an excellent appetizer if we get an upset. Either way, it should be a great game. No one should run away. Either side should be great shooting. This will be an, a, a great game. This is my number one watch on Thursday if you're peeking in right around one shower. My number two watch, and I went back and forth on this, that is going to be 
St. Mary's in Indiana, the 5-12 matchup in the East region. Now there's about a 25-point over-under difference between this and Providence-San Diego State, so it will be a much lower scoring game. But either team here could potentially go on a, maybe not a long run, uh, but win a second game. And uh, a lot of folks like St. Mary's, and Indiana has been a very hot team. So I like this as the second best watch of 512. These can always be riveting. My number three is actually the 920 late game out of the West region is the fourth seed Arkansas Razorbacks and the 13th seed Vermont Catamounts. Uh, Arkansas is favored by three points currently, but I do, the Arkansas Razorbacks have gotten a raw deal. This has been a great team. NBA talent on here. Vermont could be very feisty and pull an upset here. It's a great shooting team. I like them to actually pull the upset, so I'm excited to see if that pulls through. The SEC has been a very strong conference. All their squads have been rated, I believe, a nine-seed or higher. So the Arkansas Razorbacks and Vermont, that will be a great late-night game. See what happens there. The game that is number four on my list is the 5-12 between Iowa and Richmond, who will play the winner of Providence in South Dakota State. Keegan Murphy has been an elite shooter, an elite wing player, can run the floor, 23 points per game. He's just a monster for that Iowa squad in a rather weak bracket uh, in the Midwest there. So that will be uh, an excellent watch to see if they can pass by a veteran Richmond group. Uh, but that should be a very, very exciting watch. Number five on my list for Thursday, Michigan and Colorado, the 6-11 seed on CBS out of the South region. Michigan's favored by a point, so it's basically a toss-up, but they'll be a popular pick to keep rolling. Hunter Dickinson will be going to the NBA. Uh, David Roddy for the Rams is averaging just over 19 points, 7 rebounds, 57% shooting from the field. So we will have some solid talents and two teams which are actually pretty decent. Uh, all things considered, and offensive metrics, so that will be a solid watch. And I actually have uh, the 8-9 matchup in the West between Boise and Memphis as a solid watch. Uh, Memphis has certainly got talent and been on a roll. Boise State won the Mountain West uh, in both aspects, both outright in normal play throughout this regular season and the tournament. I'd like to see how that game goes. Um, so there's talent on that field as well. Memphis is currently favored, so I have that as a big watch as well. My top Friday watches. The 12-15 tip-off with number 10 seed Loyola Chicago and 7 seed Ohio State in the South region is a coin flip game. It'll be a defensive battle. If you like defense, this will be the game for you. But good defense, not just sloppy offenses and teams that turn the ball over and can't score. This should be a great game. Ohio State obviously has a key big man in E.J. Liddell, who's averaging almost 20 points and 8 rebounds a game, shooting 37% from three and almost 50% from the field. And obviously on defense, the Ramblers. Lucas Williamson has been a, a star for them, so that'll be a great matchup. Following that game, number two on my list is the 650 TNT game in the South region. Number four seed Illinois and 13 Chattanooga. This has always be, uh, you know, been talked about as a hot possible upset. Uh, Malachi Smith is a top guy for the Mox, 
20 points per game, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 41% from 3, 50% from the field, 83% from the line. He's just a monster player. Uh, David John Baptiste, 14 points from the field, 37% from 3. They've got real players, real bias on Chattanooga to cause problems for Illinois. Obviously, Coffee Cockburn in the on the on the floor for Illinois, a dominant big man in the post. Could be an upset for Illinois. Could roll and go on a run. UAB Houston, the 12-5 at the 9-20 tip for the South Region is next on my list. Houston's been without its top two players all year and just kept on winning. UAB has gone on a solid run. Uh, they have some talent as well, but this is just a your 12-5 upset. Uh, Houston is a mid-major, obviously, but one of the dominant teams from the AAC. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see the Trailblazers if they were to pull an upset. That could be an interesting game there. 4-30, 6 seed Texas, 11 seeded Virginia Tech. Can the Hokies continue their run? Will Texas continue to disappoint? They're favored by one point right now in a low-scoring game. Might be a very boring game, but Virginia Tech continuing its run there. 4.30 TBS East Region. 7th seed Michigan State, 10th seed Davidson out of the West Region. That's the 9.40 CBS game. Will Tom Mizzle and the Spartans uh, continue to roll to play Duke, presumably, in the second round? Or will Davidson be able to outshoot them and provide uh, some challenge, new challenges for uh, Duke in the second round? Could be interesting. Could be a turnover fast, boring game. And finally, Auburn Jacksonville State, the 12:40, the second game on the slate on True TV out of the Midwest region. Auburn's favored by almost 16 points, but Jacksonville State intrigues me a little bit. Um, obviously, Auburn has a lottery pick in Jamari, Jabari Smith, averaging 17 points, seven boards. A block per game while shooting 42% from three. Guard play's been a little messy. That's talked about all the time and one of the major hindrances for Auburn. Uh, Jacksonville State shoots almost 39% from three as a team. Their top shooters, 40, 46, 38%. Uh, they do have several solid guards, several guys that average double digit points scoring. So, just a game that I'm certainly going to keep a tab on, if not flip over to. If it's a blowout, it's a blowout. But I am interested to see if Jacksonville State can push Auburn. And if there's going to be one, uh, you know, higher seed, a one, two, or three that uh, is in danger of getting upset, I just have this one circled. So those are my top Thursday, Friday watches if you're just flipping through and checking, checking on games. And now, for your enjoyment, a little drinking game. And we're talking like solo cup style, but whatever you prefer. Every time they mention a conference championship game on the broadcast, you're going to take a drink. Cheers to the champion. Cheers to the person next to you. Raise your glass. That's a drink. Every time you hear physicality or out-physical, come out of an announcer's mouth, you're going to take a drink. That's not proper English. That's used all the time in sports. You need to take a drink and kind of purge that from your mind and purge that from your vocabulary. If you see a crazy fan in the stands, 
I'm not just tacking a little uh, M for Michigan face paint or a shirt or a necklace, but crazy wig or really crazy face paint or whatever else, a banana costume, then you're going to drink. You got to get a little crazy with the fans. Have a sip. Every time a scoring drought is mentioned, they're going to take two sips, two drinks. You're going to need it. No one likes that. And there are going to be some bad offensive teams or some teams that come up against really good defenses that aren't going to be able to keep pace. You're going to need two drinks for that. Every time Coach K is mentioned and his retirement or his final game or his great career, anytime he's mentioned during a broadcast, you're going to do yourself something special. You're going to get up, you're going to do five quick jumping jacks, and then you're going to take a drink, and then you're going to sit back down. Because you've probably been sitting for a while. You're going to get up, do a jumping jack for each national championship the coach has won. Then you're going to have yourself a little drink to cool off after that exercise. And then you're going to sit back down. But, you know, just a little workout to get in and a little, little cool off afterwards. Next thing you're going to do is anytime they throw some crazy stat with all these data points, three or more uh, numbers at you, only one time has a higher seed ever won on a Friday. Only five times has a freshman scored 20-plus points in the first round as a lower seed. Only five seeds ranked five or higher have ever lost on the same day. All these numbers. You're going to take a few sips. You can take like three. Three sips. Or you can take one for each number they throw at you. Your choice, really. All these random numbers and stats. As you sit there and try to process and run them all through your head. Finally, if you're watching multiple games, if there's an upset, you're going to drink for each seed number difference. So if you have a 12-5 upset, that's seven. Seven sips. If it's a 16-1, mm, you're going to be celebrating. And if there's a buzzer beater, hold on to your hats. You're finishing your drink. And that is the drinking game. The NCAA Tournament, the Michael Welch Podcast drinking game. Thank you for tuning in. I'll be back with some recaps of the games Feel free to join the bracket if you haven't already. Link will be in the description. Thank you very much for tuning in. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the march. All my blessings. 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 I need my blessings every penny. Daily counting every single one. I'm seeing plenty. Level up and watch that beat and turn it to a